Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to UK Creativity Club's podcast series, in which we feature guests from different fields of profession to discuss about how creativity is impacting their lives as well as the world around us. Today's special guest is Destiny. Destiny is a sophomore at the University of Kentucky, double majoring in Chinese and Japanese. She's here to discuss about learning foreign languages and how communication is an act of creativity. Today's guest host is Shinny Dong. Stay tuned for our conversation and please like and subscribe to our channel for more contents like this. Hello, everyone. Welcome to UK Creativity Club's podcast series, episode number one.、Um, we have a very special guest, Destiny. Uh, she's a sophomore, majoring in、uh, double majoring in Chinese and Japanese at the University of Kentucky. Destiny, would you like to introduce yourself a little bit? Hi,、um, I'm Destiny. Like Louis said, I'm double majoring in Japanese and Chinese, modern classical languages, literatures, and cultures here at the University of Kentucky. I'm a sophomore, and I'm really excited to be here today. Yeah, we're excited to have you.、Um, language is a very interesting subject, as a as、uh, from the perspective of of active creativity, I think.、Um, so, and today's special guest host is Shinny. So, Shinny, do、Hi. you have any questions for Destiny? Yeah,、um, I actually have a lot of questions. I'm gonna start off by asking, like, how does learning foreign languages guide your thinking, creatively speaking? Um, well, learning a foreign language allows me to connect and share my ideas, thoughts, and feelings with others.、Um, a foreign language has opened up so many doors、um, about, you know, learning different cultures, making new friends, and、um, of course, there's the reward of like. Going to a different country, having that first successful conversation with someone that you like, learning their language,、um, and I don't know, it's just a great feeling to talk to a large and diverse population around the world. So, does your thinking、um, expand or narrow down the concepts?、Um, I believe that I'm able to expand more. Um, on certain topics, now that I learned these languages than I was before,、um, learning a foreign language has helped me、um, study like different cultures, and I think being able to study these different cultures has really like broadened my、um, perception of the world and like how different people think. So, I think that my、um, My thinking has expanded rather than narrow. So you have just talked about you have just mentioned、um, uh, the importance of learning cultures and、um, Chinese and Japanese happen to be、um, two East Asian languages that are sort of side by side.、Um, Korean is sort of in the middle, but、mm-hmm. aside from Korean and you know Chinese and Japanese. Share somewhat similarities, from my understanding.、Um, I don't know how true that is,、um, so because I don't speak both of those <laughs> languages. But、um, Chinese and Japanese have very different cultures, if I may say.、Um, mm-hmm. So, so how do you, how do you sort of, I guess, learn and navigate through those differences in those two East Asian cultures? 
Um, I'm not really, like, I don't really know much about these cultures. I just know what I've learned through my learning of the languages. Um, I'm really interested in the history, so I'll go back and learn about the history. And, of course, we know about um, Japan's um, takeover of the eastern side of the world during, like, the 1900s and everything like that in 1800s. So um, I... My like knowledge of the culture of East Asian culture, especially Japan and China, I know some about Korean just because um, I started learning Korean as well. But um, I don't know. I, my, my knowledge isn't too grand, but I feel like it's definitely expanded since learning these languages. Mm-hmm. So may I ask, um, Destiny, what sparked your interest about learning languages? And why two instead of just focusing on one? Like, um, well, I started learning languages in high school, like most students, you know. Um, but Japanese and Chinese wasn't my first language; it's English. And then my second language I learned was Spanish. In high school, I studied Spanish for four years, and I got very bored of it very quickly. Um, so, in my junior year. Instead of quitting Spanish because I had made it so far, I decided to take Japanese along with Spanish. So I've like mostly been taking two languages at a time for quite a while now, four years. Um, however, when I graduated, I got rid of Spanish and I started learning a bit of Chinese. Um, and I think I like instantly clicked with Chinese. I really liked it. I had a lot of Chinese friends. I had I had spent holidays with Chinese holidays with them. Um, started learning their culture, you know, so I was like, oh, I'll learn Chinese too. And um, I think that right now I'm actually better at Chinese than I am Japanese. So. So. Um, <laughs> and and this is very interesting because I, I am from South Korea. Um, I was born, born in Seoul, um, which is one of the biggest cities in the world. And mm-hmm. Tokyo actually is another city that's uh, considered, I believe, a meta meta city instead of a mega city in, uh, nowadays because Tokyo has a lot of population. It's twenty million people. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, but we don't see a lot of Japanese people being portrayed in the media um, as much as at least as much as Chinese people are. Um, why do you think that's the case? I mean, I know that there are still Japanese arts out there. Um, and one thing that I can think of that's very close to being popular, even in the United States is Studio Ghibli. Um, but aside from that, I don't think Japanese culture has been really portrayed much in the United States. Why do you think that is? Um, I mainly think it's because of the how Japan secluded themselves for so long to the rest of the world. Um, I know they just recently opened up, well, not too recently, but um, in our history, they've just recently opened up to the rest of the world, and they've made like a great like stride to for like technology and for like entertainment industry. Um, however, I know I've read somewhere that um, I think 99% of the population in Japan is fully Japanese and the rest is foreigners. Um, I think that um, 
sorry, uh, that has to do with like the seclusion of the Japan from the past. You know, they're not really willing to step behind their boundaries and not really willing to accept people in. But I think now in the current age, it's starting to become better. Okay. So from as far as I know, as a non-language major student, language to me is almost strictly utilized for communication. So while there's various forms of communication, writing does occur to be the most creative of them all. So does learning foreign languages change the way you write in shape and form? Because um, I know like some grammars can be different and others. Yeah, um, I wouldn't say that learning a foreign language has really changed my way of writing in English. But I know when learning Japanese and Japanese especially, it was difficult at first because um, of the grammar. The sentence structure was totally different and it still throws me through a loop to this day because in English, we have um, subject, verb, object formation for sentences. In Japanese, it's subject, object, verb, and it's almost strictly like that. And I... <laughs> to this day, even like six years after starting to learn Japanese, it still confuses me a lot. So I wouldn't say my writing in, uh, Jap- in English has changed very much, but I think my improvement in Japanese has risen a bit. So um, let's see. Uh, I think um, learning a language requires a lot of processes i mean um from because i'm a psychology major and learning is one of the aspects of psychology majors that they have to learn about and learning requires a lot of energy i mean you know it's it's an energy consuming process from the brain's perspective um so is there um is there any creative processes that you have um you know, it doesn't have to be your own, but is there something that has, was there anything that was helpful to you when it, when it was like time to learn Chinese and Japanese again, because um, I don't know much about both of the languages, but they do have differences. So, you know, it might confuse you at certain points because they are similar enough and yet they're different. So mm-hmm. it, was there any creative process that got into learning um, both of the languages at the same time? Um, well, like you said, Japanese and Chinese are pretty similar and different. Um, a similarity that is very confusing to me. It, sometimes um, in my mind, when I'm reading Japanese, there's um, a third set of like languages called kanji. Um, and that's all Chinese symbols and characters. So um, when I read Jap- Japanese, I'll sometimes read it in the Chinese word. Or when I'm reading chi- Chinese, I'll look at the word. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's blah, blah, blah in Japanese. But I can't remember it in the Chinese word, the Chinese pronunciation for it. Um, something that really helps me with that. Um, I believe I'm a visual learner. So um, I'll make flashcards. And although flashcards themselves aren't really that helpful for visual people, um, I draw pictures on them of what they mean 
And I think having to like write it down and like put the effort into drawing what it means and going through it over and over again really helps me like understand and like remember the pronunciations and everything. That's great. That's great. So how do you think that learning a language affect on how you understand their culture and for you two cultures specifically? Um, I really think that I got into the culture before I started learning the language. So um, to me, learning the language really enhances my understanding of the culture and like, because I love learning about the culture and sorry, I'm kind of repeating myself. Um, the culture is my main interest. Um, I will start learning the language because I want to improve my understanding of the people and their mindset and their culture <laughs> because that's just what I'm interested in. Yeah, I see. So like culture led you to learn a language. Yes, it wasn't okay. language and then culture. It was culture and then language. I see. So do you think, okay, so that actually um, makes me curious about um, the way you got into culture because, you know, everything that you've learned, uh, culturally speaking, was probably through English like mm-hmm. English descriptions and reading about things in English and watching things with subtitles and whatnot. And, you know, that sparks me a great interest because do you, do you think that, you know, as a language student, do you think there's a limit to translation now, nowadays? Cause you know, there are, there have been many machines that, that were built for translations. There has been, you know, great improvements in terms of subtitles and, you know, um, translating different things in English back to the original language and whatnot. But do you think learning, because, you know, you said that learning or being curious about one culture led you to learn a language of, uh, that, that that was associated with the culture. So mm-hmm. do you think there is a wall in between um, learning a language and learning, like is learning a language basically a break- breakthrough of that wall? Um. Sorry, can you repeat the question again? <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm sorry. I was I was rambling because it was it was um it was something that I I have been very fascinated for the longest time. Um yeah. but I mean, do you think there's a there's a translation like translation requires great accuracy, mm-hmm. but because you said you were interested in the culture, but I'm assuming you didn't get enough out of it. Mm-hmm. just based on reading English descriptions. So do you think there's a wall uh, um, of uh, in between you and learning another culture because of the language differences? Um, I wouldn't say there's a wall because when I read subtitles or um, a text, I feel the emotion that comes through. Like I can feel it and then like, you can reread it and you know what they're talking about. And I feel like um, when you start learning the language, you do understand it more. So the subtitles, I there is a barrier, but you can still like get the drawn into it for that way. And I don't, I got into the culture, not just through reading subtitles or reading text. I was surrounded by people, um, from those cultures, like I had many Chinese friends and uh, um, 
my Japanese teacher. Um, I don't think I would have ever gotten far in Japanese if I like if she didn't take an interest and she wasn't like a really great teacher, you know. So I think um, surrounding myself with people um, and also, you know, subtitles and, um, you know, readings, they all led to me wanting to go further into the language. Which kind of leads me to uh, my next question. So this has questioned me since I also learned a language in high school did not go very well. So I just want to know what your uh, learning process is for learning another language. And what's your like, what, what's on your mindset, basically? Um, my mind on learning a different language is very excited. Um, I think it's when you're starting to learn language, you're just like, oh, yes, finally. I don't, well, like me, <laughs> I like, get really excited. I'm like, oh, this is all brand new. Um, I get to learn new words, new sense of structure. No, not sense of structure. That's the worst part, I think, of learning a language is trying to memorize it. If it's a different structure than English, it's very hard for me to, like, get it through my head. But um, my first step is um, vocab. I think vocab is very important. Um, sentence structure is what they teach strictly um, in college. I know like in 101 and 102 and 201 is like mainly focused on um, sentence structure and grammar. But um, I really like the vocab part of it. That's where my flashcards come in and that's where I get to be creative with everything. So that's my favorite part learning a new language um so again as a psychology major i think this is another interesting aspect of learning a language is that there there are mechanisms behind every language that we speak and write basically communicate with um do you think learning different or do you think learning foreign languages um help you understand why some people struggle with mechanisms, linguistic mecha mechanisms behind the languages? Or do you think that just makes you think, oh, they're not trying hard enough maybe, or they're, they're not really trying to find their own creative ways to learn them? Um, linguistics is actually something I really struggle in. So I don't think that people aren't, um, you know, trying hard enough. They're not studying hard enough. I didn't like, I still don't fully understand like the, linguist the linguistics of each language I'm learning because I'm still learning them. I still go to class every day. I still need to learn all the new vocab, all the other like sentence structure and grammar. Um, I didn't like even like fully understand. I still don't fully understand like the English <laughs> grammar until like I went to I had an NCL 100 class and 200 class uh, my freshman year. And I feel like those classes really helped me out because um, it was fully about like, you know, linguistics and like, like linguistics and other languages and like how like English linguistics are like the and grammar are different from other languages and how we can apply it to different languages. Um, but that class was so hard for me because 
linguistics are just not my cup of tea and I can't really blame anybody for, you know, not being great at it. And if I can learn two languages at a time or three languages at a time, then I feel like it's not really a problem. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's still based a lot on interest also because like, say you were learning and you're really interested in like Japanese mm-hmm. and though you're like not very good at linguistics or anything of that sort like you're still trying because you you really like it and you enjoy like trying to learn like figure out what it is like if it were me in your situation I wouldn't be trying at all so I honestly <laughs> think it'll be interests so um what do you plan on doing with your language skills in real life do you know have you like thought about it yet so after I graduate um, with my double minor, well, my double major, um, I plan on applying to the JET program. Um, the JET program is the Japanese government. They'll choose um, around like 200 English teachers um, every couple years, like fluent English teachers, uh, like speakers, and they'll come and like be like elementary school or like secondary schools for um Japanese students and I personally do not want to be a translator for like the government or anything like that I want to be an ESL teacher either here in America or I want to teach English fully in Japan or China and I think the JET program is really gonna help me with um like starting to learn how to teach kids and everything like that. That sounds, that sounds like a great plan. I always admire teachers um, because they, they do so much. (laughs) So for so little, in my opinion, um, at least here in the United States. And I think that's a, that's a great plan for you to choose basically and go, go into that profession. Um, We're, we're almost finished here. Um, but I, I think I have like two more questions, if you don't mind. Um, of one course. is when when our generation was growing up, I think we still had the concept and we still used to say that English is a universal language, um, mm-hmm. which statistically speaking, that's just false. That's a mm-hmm. false information. Um, do you do you believe that any languages can claim their own superiority? to the others. Um, and I'm not saying like, do you, do you think it should be like that? I'm saying, do you believe that that can occur again? And if, if you think so, why, if you don't, why not? Um, see the thing, I don't think that English is superior at all, just because there's a, so it's a diverse population around the world. And if everybody speaks English, I mean, then it like then it would just be the English language, you know. But I don't know if it if a majority of people speak English, I still don't think it's superior. I think the people who labeled it superior are the people who speak English, not the ones who don't. And um, just like I think growing up here, that's what I heard a lot. But I feel like if I went somewhere else, people take pride in their culture and in their language. Um, I don't think when I went to Japan I never heard anybody criticize me for like saying something wrong in um, Japanese or anything like that Um, I don't think that there can ever be a superior language 
unless there's some major war <laughs> or something like that. Um, but I just think that everybody has their own like, culture and their own language. And I think that's perfectly right because it's what makes everybody, everybody so diverse. And I think the diversity is good. So. So the final question that leads us right down here is that, um, again, you, I, I think I, I agree with you in a sense that I don't think any languages can be really superior over the others. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no such thing as, you know, it's like comparing two different artists yeah. of two different styles. There's really no meaning of comparing the two um, because they both have, they, if they are both good artists, they have, you know, there are certain ways of doing things. And I, I think they have their own craftsmanships and stuff like that. So like, you know, we just have to respect that. Um, mm-hmm. And that brings me to the final question. And this may be a discussion uh, that can be brought into hopefully to other people around the campus as well and around the world. Um, uh, I grew up basically watching movies and theaters, um, so theatrical productions. Um, and I remember specifically uh, that in, in Broadway history, like, you know, the theatrical world, uh, people probably know this more. But in, in Broadway, I don't think there has been many Asian musicals um, that was majorly popular to the, uh, to the public. Uh, there are a couple that I can think of. One is The King and I, and uh, the other one is Miss Saigon. I personally don't like Miss Saigon, and that can be basically put on the public uh, without really getting attacked. Because um, when I first watched Miss Saigon, the only thing that was interesting to me was the helicopter being flown on stage. And that was it. Um, there was really no intuitive or there, there was really no basic understanding of what Vietnamese people were struggling with during the Vietnam War. And, you know, the way they portrayed Vietnamese women were just sort of uh, dehumanizing in a sense. And I didn't really like that. I didn't like that portrayal at all. And there is another musical that I can think of that was uh, not very popular, but it, it did, I think it was probably the superior form of Asian musical written in English. And that was Pacific Overtures. Actually, it's about uh, Japan and how Japanese isolationism basically got broke through, uh, broken through. Um, the reason why I'm layering this for everyone is because I want to know, because, you know, in the past, uh, was it last year or a couple years ago when Parasite won the best picture from the Oscar Academy Awards? Last uh, year. Last was year. it last year? Last okay. year, yeah. So, um, I remember thinking that, oh my goodness, a foreign film won the best picture of Oscar Academy Awards. And I, I remember thinking that was a little problematic and not necessarily because that it doesn't represent what Korea is and how Korean socioeconomic culture looks like, but more on the level of because it, it just didn't make sense to me. It was, it was a foreign film uh, that was originally not in the category of best film or best picture. And then it was added to it because the public went basically the public went nuts 
they they went crazy over it. Um, they were saying that oh, this is the best film of the year that that I've ever seen. Um, subtitles. I mean, I don't care about the subtitles. So you know, if you have a chance, go watch it. I think this movie applies to the universe like universally to everyone. And I wasn't sure what your stance was um, because. Uh, from my perspective, there are still some things. I know that translation is something that has been improved over the couple uh, over, basically last decade. From from what I can recall, but mm-hmm. there are just some of the things that were not really explained in depth in the movie, and some some of the things were very controversial, and some of the some of those controversial things oftentimes. Uh, get more spotlights than not not very controversial things. Um, so what's your, what what is your stance on, um, like you know like foreign films basically or foreign representation of films being popularized in the media? Um, first, I very enjoyed Parasite. Um, last year, the the artist who the translator who subtitled the whole film came to uh-huh. uk and i went to his like speech and like meet up in the cinema the gatton cinema and i thought it was very interesting uh, he explained why he changed some um translations um i know that um he changed their names as one of them uh, when he was subtitling i think he changed um in the beginning, um, the male, one of the side male leads, he gives him, I think Park Sojun um, is his real name. He gave um, the main lead, male lead, like the philosopher stone as the, as he translated it. Um, I know he changed his name to make it more understanding and appealing for an American audience, like the Western audience. Um, I think it just depends on how, the, you want the film to be perceived. I know that he was in like talks with uh, I forgot his name, Bong Joon-ho. Yeah. Bong Joon-ho. Um, I know he talked to him great links about how he wanted his translation to go, and that if that's how he wanted his film to be translated, and he gave it to go, I think that's perfectly fine. Um, I personally enjoy, enjoy lots of foreign films, um, I, but I'm into foreign culture. So um, I think most of what I watch these days are like, um, like Korean dramas, Chinese dramas, or like foreign, like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't really watch anime, so I can't really talk about those subtitles or anything like that. So I personally like foreign films and uh, I know that the subtitles that I read and the translations I read uh, have an effect on me, a pull on me. And like, it draws me in um, to like the film or like the drama I'm watching. So. Yeah. I think, I think in that sense, I have a very uh, similar background as you, because I grew up watching all the Hollywood films, old Hollywood (laughs) films and some of the European films, you know, I, I was fascinated with those cultures and, and it's almost like seeing the opposite myself Mm -hmm. (laughs) because you're attracted to um, East Asian culture. And it seems like you have a broadened sense of um, 
I think appreciating culture and that's that's something that um, is very necessary nowadays in our society. And again, I wasn't trying to attack on the film Paris. <laughs> I, I think that film had very good messages for a mm-hmm. lot of people. I was just saying that, you know, oftentimes uh, I think when I see foreign films, uh, maybe that's not the main point of the film, but, you know, because of the translation or because of the way it was presented, that might seem like, Okay, that's it. You know, people some because people some some people have trouble understanding the difference between fiction and documentaries oftentimes. And you know, I think that comes down to the audience's perspective, um, as you've said. And I think that's a great point. Um, and I think it's time to wrap up and basically have a conclusion. Um, Cindy, do you have any final questions for Destiny? Oh uh, no. I think, yeah, I think that was a very good conversation, Destiny. Um, I really enjoyed talking about uh, uh, basically learning foreign languages and how foreign languages lead you. And sometimes um, foreign cultures lead you to learn more about the languages. And I think um, there's a creativity in all forms and in all fields, but I think culture and languages are probably one of the one of the fields and professions that a lot of people have to have creativity so that they can advertise it more to the other other parts of the world mm-hmm. so i'm really yeah i'm really thankful that she's here today i feel like we've all learned like um a much deeper perspective as I, I say about like international languages not only secluded to like eastern asian languages but like any languages i feel like she's described very well for us to like understand about her point of view about languages thank you (laughs) yeah thank you very much for joining us tonight um and for those of you who are watching this or listening to this um please like and subscribe to our channel and we'll see you next week thank you very much Uh, Thank you. Yeah.